to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Let's begin on the court, right? And look, it's clear. No Harden, part-time Kyrie, no uh, Kevin Durant, no Joe Harris, and of late, no LaMarcus Aldridge. How are you expected to win games with this team? You're, you're In a way, you're not. You know, And it's tough to say that you're not expecting the Nets who are championship contenders to win games without the players that they haven't had on the floor. But, I mean, you go from having Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden in that blowout win over the Bulls in Chicago where everyone's ringing the bells, the Nets being championship contenders, and, oh, this is it, to now this is the other side of the coin, right? You've got all these players out. And then you start looking at this roster, and it's kind of bare bones. And, and that's when you start looking at the pieces that Sean Marks put around this roster at the beginning of the season, right? You, you load the team with a bunch of defensive players, but when you do that, you don't have the floor spacing. And then once you lose Joe Harris, you start to see how important spacing is uh, because you move Patty Mills into that starting lineup. But once Patty Mills has to come out the game, now you're scrambling looking for players who can contribute offensively. And, and for a while, LaMarcus Aldridge was able to carry the team during spurts. I mean, I'm not sure I've seen him miss a mid-range jump shot in practice. Um, but once he, once he steps off the floor uh, with this ankle injury, I mean, I watched him leave the, the uh, Chase Center in, in San Francisco on crutches. Once he left that arena like that, I knew uh, he was going to be out for some time. And now you're seeing, to, to call a spade a spade, a flawed Nets roster. I mean, yes, you, you've got players that are out of the rotation, and that's a big chunk of it. But this roster was built to support three superstars, right? And once you once that number one superstar goes out the game, Kevin Durant. I mean, the Nets are two and nine since he since he's gotten injured, and that tells you all you need, all that you need to know right now. That kept this this operation goes where Durant is going to take them, and uh, right now they're struggling. So you're looking at that trade deadline and the buyout market. The Nets have some options. They've got that 11.6 million dollar trade exception that they got from the Spencer Dinwiddie deal. I expect Sean Marks to use all of his assets. Every every tool at his at his at his uh at his disposal to to build this championship contender for when Kevin Durant gets back Christian I know you guys are not in the locker room right I understand that I know most of the interviews are zoom and everything uh but just from your sense of being around this team what is the frustration level with players with um management and I know you talk to agents as well because you're you're one of them intrepid young reporters um, what is the feeling about Kyrie's availability only on the road and how this is going to affect them to the point that we've got people wondering if the Nets would rather not have home court advantage in the postseason so they know they can have Kyrie? <laughs> well, first things first, <laughs> home court advantage is, I think that's the last of their worries right now. The Nets are seventh in the Eastern Conference. They've lost eight games in a row. They'll be happy just to not have to play in the play-in at this point, which is crazy when you consider this is the top team in the East, right? This is the team that is probably still right now championship favorites if you're, if you're a betting person and you're expecting these three stars to come back. Um, um, to your point, you know, when players first started getting word that Kyrie would be able to play these road games. You know, everyone said the same thing. We're going to welcome him with open arms, right? There's not going to be that big of a difference with him playing in road games and then not being able to play in home games. And and to an extent, you can, you can believe them because that entire first half of the season, they had played well without Kyrie, or well enough without Kyrie to have the number one seed. But now you're starting to see, you know, and, and there's no there's no friction in the locker room, at least not from, that's not the read I'm getting on it. You know, but this team wants to build continuity with all their guys, right? They want everyone to be there 
for all the games, James Harden's come out and he said it jokingly. He said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give Kyrie the shot, the vaccine shot myself if I have to. And, and that's kind of where they're at with it. And, and Kyrie made it made it pretty clear he's not going to get vaccinated, especially not for just basketball. His reasoning was, you know, we only spend, we as athletes only spend a small portion of our actual life playing basketball. So why would I get vaccinated if it's only for this small fraction of life? You know, well, you're getting vaccinated to go out there and play with your teammates and to be out there uh, at, with the rest of the team who have also made the same sacrifice. I don't think anybody wanted to get vaccinated against COVID-19. We just had to because this virus is, is ravaging the, the world, not even the country. Um, so it, it's, it's a tough situation. And, and then on top of that, if you do decide, if you're, look, if you're the Nets and you're at the trade deadline, you're thinking about trading Kyrie Irving, what exactly are you getting back in return? You know, there's no guarantee that he's going to sign an extension with any team. He can become a free agent at the end of the season, which is even more concerning. When you look at the trade deadline, you look at the vaccine mandate, you look at the potential that he can leave you for nothing in free agency. Then that's a, you know, we're, we're talking about James Harden trade rumors, which I'm sure we'll get into, but the, the, there, there's reason to believe that the Nets have to consider all their options with Kyrie Irving as well. When you consider he's not available for home games, the, the mayor here already came out and said the city isn't changing his vaccine mandate and he's got this player option at the end of the year that he could opt out of. Um, so, you know, do I think that there's any, any friction in the locker room? No. But I, I do believe that all his teammates want him out there. We, we've seen what Kyrie can do uh, on the right. And we, and we didn't need to see it. It's not like this is anything new. We've watched him put on a, a show uh, all across his career. And we've seen what the Nets look like on the road when they have all their pieces together. But um, the Nets want everybody to be uh, available for all these games, and that doesn't change with Kyrie. They would much rather him be uh, available at home, and that's something that hasn't changed. Kristen Winfield is my guest, covers the Nets for the Daily News and the NBA. You're listening to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. All right, Kristen, before we get to Harden, um, I don't know if I would trade for Kyrie. He could he could decide on retiring at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and that's that's what that's what scares teams, right? I mean, this Kyrie's the same guy who told the Celtics that he wanted to stay there forever and then ends up leaving Boston for Brooklyn and granted, yes, you're you're allowed to change your mind, but how many like how can you take a guy at his word? It's 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 a question that, that you have to answer if you're an opposing team. And on top of that, what scenario is Kyrie being traded to? If he's being traded to a team that's so far from contending to a championship, I would I if I'm that team, I'm thinking, no, there's no way he's gonna stay. So it's it's tough to even think about a trade that works for Kyrie when you consider he's not vaccinated and you consider that you really have to be a legitimate championship contender to even think about keeping him long-term, um, it's tough. But at the end of the day, he's been able to play in some of these road games. He's played pretty well, not as good as you'd consider, but, I mean, he had so long off of basketball, and you could say that he didn't play after training camp. He didn't play the entire preseason and didn't make his debut until January 5th. So um, I don't know what the trade market is for Kyrie. I don't, I don't know if the Nets are even considering trading him right now, but it has to be something they're talking about when you realize that He's got that player option coming up. He can only play in half the games. Um, and the trade deadline is, what, four days away? I can't. I just can't wait for all the, the Woj and Sam's bombs that we're going to get between now and then because social media is going to go crazy. We're going to see so many trades. Because the NBA, I was just talking about this not too long ago, there are so many teams right now that can call themselves championship contenders. I mean, even in the East, you've got Milwaukee, you've got Chicago, you've got Miami, and you've got Brooklyn now West. You've got the, the, the Warriors and the Suns who've separated themselves from the pack, but 
I don't know about you, Larry. I don't feel comfortable about about, about betting against LeBron James ever. Mm-hmm. You never know when he's going to come through and turn it on. So this could go any way, and the Nets are right in the middle of that. No question about it. A lot of talk about James Harden, right? And it didn't just start lately. It started a couple of weeks ago when you know the rumors and uh, report uh, that came out. I believe it was The Athletic, if memory serves me correctly. And about he's not happy, not happy, doesn't like Brooklyn, doesn't like the coaches, doesn't like stuff, this, that, and the other thing. And But listen, to him, he's been consistent. If you didn't hear from me, I'm okay. Steve Nash said, I think it was today, that the Nets aren't trading uh, James Harden. Uh, Kristen, here's what I know. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There's got to be a situation where they <laughs> might be looking to make a move because he also – is not signed and has not signed an extension and has indicated that he's going to test the free agent market. Yeah, and, and this is what I was going to say before you brought it up. You know, sure, all these reports. You know, the this, this you can you can point to some of these reports and say that this that these this reporting has been where the Harden trade rumors have started. But this all really starts in October when James Harden says, "I'm not signing my contract extension." Right? If he signs that contract extension, there's no trade rumors right now, at least in my opinion. But when you decide not to trade, not to sign that extension now, and you punt it to, and, and granted, we all know why, right? Anybody in their right mind knows that James Harden can make $270 million uh, over the next five years if he signs his contract in June versus, what was it, 220 or 215, whatever the number was that he would have made had he signed it in, in, in whenever it was, October. Right, we we know this financial incentives for waiting, but the trade off is is this level of uncertainty that you will resign, right? Like now, the Nets kind of have to take him for his word, and who knows what a, a player's word is worth these days? When so much can happen between now and then, you know, James Harden just not too long ago seemed to be all about staying in Houston, and then he forced his way out and ended in Brooklyn. So you kind of never know which way or which side of the coin is going to land up. Um, but what I will say is this, you know, if, if you just listen to things that, that Woj has said, and Woj basically said he spoke to Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant wants to have um, James Harden in town for the long haul, right? They want to build that thing together. This this ship is steered by Kevin Durant, largely. And in in many senses, whatever he wants is going to happen in Brooklyn. I get the sense that he wants James Harden around. Um, but it, it all boils down to whether James Harden wants to stay. I mean, if he if he says he wants to stay, he could come out and say he wants to stay to the public, and that would end a lot of things. And that's probably what's going to happen in these next couple of days. One of us reporters say, hey, maybe it'll be me. Maybe I'll ask him if he wants to be traded or if he wants to stay, and we'll see what happens after that. So uh, right now he's dealing with hamstring tightness. We'll see if he plays at home uh, on Tuesday against the Celtics. But you know, a lot of it, like you said, is smoke and mirrors. And when you consider a lot of the reporting about this Harden to Philly trade has been generated by Philadelphia, right? The first report that came out uh, in Bleacher Report was by one was one from one of my friends in, in the business, Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher grew up right outside of Philly. Well, a lot of mm-hmm. his reporting is based uh, in sourcing that he has in Philadelphia. It's, it's not a surprise that you know that story comes out when you consider Daryl Morey's been trying to get Harden since he left Houston for Philly, right? And, and then you kind of see Shams also having these these stories reported, and it, it just seems to me, from my read on it, and you look at what Steve Nash said today, he said a lot of the noise is coming from outside. Outside is Philadelphia. Philadelphia is trying to do whatever it can to get James Harden, uh, especially when you consider that there's no trade in sight right now, at least for for Ben Simmons. Christian, does Kevin Durant kind of wish he maybe not had signed long term right so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I don't think so. You know, I, I think that one way or another, he knows that 
you know, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. I watched him beat teams with just eight players at his disposal. Mm-hmm. I watched him beat Joel Embiid with only nine players on the roster altogether. You know, Kevin Durant is going to do what he does no matter who's out there with him. He's, if, if anything, he's going to be fine. And I think players would line up to play with him in the event that for some reason Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden are not in Brooklyn. Whether that is to be seen this offseason, I don't think so. Um, I think that the three of them, Kevin, James, and, and Kyrie, are united on the idea of playing uh, for championships for years to come. I just think that the vaccine mandate really threw a curveball at them because Kyrie is someone who's really set in his in his, in his his ways in terms of not wanting to get vaccinated. And, you know, when you ask Kevin and James about it, they're like, hey, that's a personal decision, and sure, it might impact us, but who are we to tell him to get vaccinated just to play basketball? You know, like, it, it's a tough situation all around. Um, and, and now you're seeing how one person's decision not to get vaccinated can have an impact on other guys. Now James Harden's got to play a heavier load because Kevin Durant's not available and Kyrie can't play at home, right? And that's why you see the Nets losing some of these games because now the Nets are, you know, they say left hamstring tightness. When I see things like that, I'm really thinking it's a little bit of load management because mm-hmm. we they're going to want James Harden to be able to play in some of these home games. So it, it, it's a kind of, like of a game of chess, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a tough situation that no one really saw coming until the, the city announced the vaccine mandate. Um, whether or not New York City eventually decides to, to repeal the vaccine man, mandate remains to be seen. I think there's still a large uh, a large majority of the Nets organization that's hoping for that, but we don't know what happens there, you know, and right now they're just going to take it day by day, and that February 10th trade deadline is right there. You never know what's going to happen because – Who's to say they, they decide that they don't want to play part-time carry? Who's to say they want to have all of their players available for all the games? It's going to be interesting. Christian, last question, and we'll talk about the Knicks since we're talking about trade deadline. And, I mean, rumors are just sure. swirling all over there. Uh, from your best guess, and I know you're talking to some of your folks around the league, what what are you hearing as to something they might try to do? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question, you know. Julius Randle's play really gives you a lot to think about. And, and I know you watched that Lakers game where, you know, that ball was just moving around in the first half. Julius was playing off the ball, and RJ was leading the show. RJ had an incredible half. And, and then it just looked like Julius said, I'm the captain now, and took over in the second half of the next blow a 20-point lead and end up losing that game in overtime. And it's just, you know, moments like that really make you think about what this team might look like if they decide to trade Julius Randle. I know that they've at least been interested somewhat in exploring what a, a Randall for De'Aaron Fox swap would look like. And, you know, my dad's one of the biggest Knicks fans that, that I know, maybe the biggest Knicks fan in my life right now. And he's just, like, overjoyed with that idea. You know, he thinks that if you swap out Fox for, for Randall, this is a team that could potentially make a second-round playoff and a second-round appearance in the playoffs. And who's to say they can't? Right, what they really need is consistent guard play, and they need that ball to move around. They need to play some defense. So that's one thing I look for. And then there's always been just you know rumors about the Knicks being interested in Miles Turner, and we don't know what his status is for the rest of the season. I know he's injured, but if they're able to somehow add him into that into this rotation, that number one, it shores up your inside. It gives you a three point threat at the center spot. If you're able to do those two things, and you're the Knicks, I think you come away winning. You know, I, I think for the Knicks, it's, we're watching R.J. Barrett evolve into a star before our eyes. I mean, I was wrong about him. He is somebody that can potentially be the, the centerpiece of that franchise. And now it's just about adding the right pieces around him and pieces that don't stifle him. And I think we're seeing too often Julius Randle stifle R.J. Barrett's ability to take over this offense. So that's what I'm looking for. And I want, I'm just really interested to see what they do as the trade deadline comes around. 
Christian Winfield is one of the folks that would help net fans hold on to this roller coaster ride <laughs> that, that leads <laughs> to the uh, to the trade deadline and hopefully to the playoffs. Christian, continue your great work, my friend. We'll talk soon. My man, thanks for having me. All right, my pleasure. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.